to him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to God the Father, to him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. As mentioned, even in the opening theme, the text for the sermon message this week and next is a, a section divided in two from Matthew chapter 16. Today, uh, part one, and you see the sermon title in the bulletin, Lips Confessing Christ. Lips with the mouth confessing Jesus Christ. Children, this is an extension of what you heard Miss Laura do for, for the children's message today. As you know who Jesus is, you actually did it. She got you to do it, to, to speak your faith in Jesus Christ and confess, speak with God's word the identity of Jesus and also his work, who he is, what he does. It's important to confess him with your lips, with your mouth, with your voice. I know I have said, not recently, many of you too, well, I, I don't witness so much with, with words. I witness with my works. And, and that's next week's message. But this week's message is, that's not enough. We must witness with words. And it should be the natural, spiritual result of God's word coming to us. His word comes from us. Perhaps you have seen, surely you have seen in a movie that scene where often it's the young lady saying to her beau at a certain point in their relationship those three loaded words, I love you. And then if it's a comedy, usually, you'll hear an awkward pause <laughs> from the guy. And if it's a good comedy, you may hear a great line, okay. <laughs> There's only one right response, at least for the girl. <laughs> I love you too. If we have received God's love in Jesus Christ, the response must be, I love you too. It must come out of our mouths as a confession of faith. I've got one simple point in the sermon today. Speaking Christ is important. And I'm going to list three ways, a good Lutheran sermon, three points. Number one, it's important because it's commanded. This is 
an important moment in the three-year public ministry of Jesus, a turning point actually, where he with his disciples for some time now turns to them, first ask in a, a, a wonderful way, who do the people say that the Son of Man is, that was the title Jesus most often used for himself, actually to make people think about who he was. Son of Man was an exalted title in the Old Testament in Daniel. And Jesus had been saying things almost the opposite. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. His followers then answered with various things, almost all the same. Some say, John the Baptist, maybe come back to life. You're, you're a miracle worker, Jesus. Others say, Elijah again, uh, come back to life. Or Jeremiah, a prophet, a good teacher. But that's not enough, right? There's only one right response. It can be phrased in different ways. Jesus asked, but you, you, who do you say that I am? He demands a response from them. Peter, speaking for them all, we presume, answers, you are the Christ. That's his title, not his name. His personal name, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one is what it means. We get the word christened, although we Lutherans don't use it for the sacrament much, but, but to, to be anointed with oil or water or with the Holy Spirit. He is the appointed one, the only one, the son of the living God. That's basically saying God. What a confession from Peter here. The one and only Savior, true God in the flesh. And that confession is asked, commanded of you. Eventually it will be commanded of everyone. Philippians 2, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess forcibly for some that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. One and only Savior. This two-part sermon series is connected to next Sunday's confirmation of our junior confirmation class delayed because of COVID-19 till the end of August. And a huge part of confirmation is at a... a, a an important stage of life. Now a young adult, these youngsters confess the faith they've always had. We believe since baptism if as an infant. And that confession is loaded in terms so dramatic that they will continue in this confession and suffer all even death rather than fall away from it. That comes from Matthew chapter 10 where Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. 
I've always taught confirmation classes, hope it never happens, but it has in our country in recent years that even as a youngster or an adult, somebody threatens them with death, they will not deny Jesus Christ. That's how much it is commanded to speak him as your Savior. True God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And yet, we don't. This message has to be shared because even with the pastor, so many times, speaking Christ is forgotten. I don't realize you two. Oh, I, I could have spoken, should have spoken there. It's actually avoided in our sin with our weakness because of embarrassment or peer pressure. Kids feel it at school all the time. And ever since the deceiver tricked Adam and Eve, we see the confession of the true God skewed and warped. Portals of Prayer this past week had some good devotions about the name of Jesus, confessing his name, how important is that name, to, to, to say that name, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he is the Savior, crucified, 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I was determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Him risen from the dead. Every sermon in the book of Acts proclaims Jesus rose on Easter. I said, I think, in this service too last week, I've been watching preachers on the internet lately since I can't get to other churches being here every week. I've been watching other denominations and I started watching some street preachers. You ever seen these guys? Maybe in person. One guy was being confronted about how Jesus could be God when he died. And he gave a skewed answer. He said, well, he died according to the flesh, but not according to the spirit. My reaction as a pastor, I hope all pastors are at least a little bit theologians. <laughs> I thought, that's an ancient heresy. <laughs> that's Nestorianism, that Jesus' two natures are divided. Sometimes he's God, sometimes he's man. In the next worship service, Ignite, our contemporary service, I am going to spend some time in the message talking to them about the Nicene Creed. Since I've been pastor, we've added it to the worship on communion Sundays, as is the tradition. And there's words in there that need explanation. But that creed, so many creeds and confessions we have were formulated to address the confession of Jesus Christ, to get it right according to the Bible. He is God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. He is truly God. And it's important, as Paul tells Timothy, to retain that standard 
of sound words. It's important to confess Jesus. According to the Bible, because most positively, it is powerful. And you see this most of all here. In Matthew chapter 16, after Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus tells him, blessed, first of all, is he. There's blessing from God. And indeed, a gift from God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father in heaven, so a divine gift is coming to us and through us. We don't work this up in any human ways. It comes from his word by the work of Jesus Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as that gift comes out of it, there are powerful results. This is the section where Jesus bestows upon his followers what we call the office of the keys, that authority of, of, of Jesus himself to speak for him as we confess his name. He says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. By the way, as an aside, it's very clear in the Greek, he's not building his church upon Peter, definitely not as the first pope. Or something like that. There's a word change in Greek. He says, you are Petros. Rock. And upon this Petra, rockiness, I will build my church. It's what came out of Peter's mouth and heart. That you are the Christ. That the whole church is built. Trinity Lutheran Church is not built on any pastor's personality or the people. It's built on the confession of Jesus Christ coming from us. And that is so powerful. Joel prophesied. Peter quoted on Pentecost. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, confesses the true God and Savior, shall be saved. Faith, Romans 10, 17, comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ as we speak his word. Indeed, as we speak Him, powerful things happen in our lives. Indeed, the confession of Jesus audibly, a fourth point today, is the beginning, today again, of, well, that's next Sunday's <laughs> sermon. I'll give you the title. Part two, Lives Confessing Christ. But today, as Christ comes to you with his, his, his identity, his work as the one and only Savior, canceling sins, giving you salvation, it is your lips confessing Christ.